Thursday Finance on to a new RFM 18 past 12. Brett Hall with me today and we do it for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners. And uh, Brett Hall, well, Trump of course is still the big news. We had a bit of a flutter last week when the announcement was made that he had yep. been elected. Um, right. How's the week been travelling? Yeah, it was an interesting week really. I mean, I think um, I think most uh, most of us expected that the markets would probably uh, suffer a bit from that announcement. Um but um, it's it's been quite stable, really. I mean, initially there was you know there was some panic, and that and the markets did did react, but um, they've actually sort of recovered from from that at this stage. So, yeah. So I guess it's a bit more of you know, time will tell what 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 will happen to the markets with with that announcement. Yeah, it's all a bit of wait and see. Eh? Mm-hmm. That's mm. very true. Mm. In the meantime. Um Currencies and commodities and yeah. things. Commodities are yep. travelling okay. Yep. They don't seem to have been affected too so, much. Though, yep. So, um, so to start off with, golds at um, one thousand six hundred and forty-two this week, uh, which is actually down two percent on last week. But uh, gold actually, I mean, it wasn't a, a flat week by any means. It okay, um, it's had some movement after. Yes, that's right. After the announcement. Um, Gold price actually went up quite significantly, um, and then the following day, after Trump made his uh, his um, speech to accept his, um, you know, I guess winning, and uh, the the price went back down. So, so as we know, the gold is is an asset that that is sought after when things are uncertain um, in the economy, and. Obviously, there was a bit of panic, and then that sort of uh, levelled off quite quickly. So this this speech he made actually seemed to calm a lot of fears, Definitely perhaps. Definitely Certainly did. in the markets, anyway. Yes, <laughs> that's right. But time will only tell. Time will tell. What yeah, about other commodities? True. How yeah. they're going? So, um, so silver's down uh, twenty two sixty nine, uh, copper seven thousand three hundred and fourteen, um, and tin's at twenty seven thousand and eight, which is uh, down three percent on last week. Mm-hmm. So currencies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so um, one Australia dollar is worth point um, seven four eight five US dollars. Um, mm-hmm. So that's so, actually come down a yeah, little bit over the week, hasn't it? That has. It's down one and a half or one point six percent on last week. Yeah. So that and, means perhaps uh, investors are looking at the US dollar again instead of the um, Australian yeah. dollar. Is that? Yeah, that, that's right. And and also some of Trump's proposed policies, etc. Is uh, you know filtering through and, and looking at yeah some of some of his trade agreements etc that he's been talking about so mm-hmm. yeah so that's why um, it's down a bit this week yep okay okay and then against the pound it's um, again down one percent or 085 percent from last week at um, sixty point one three uh, the yuan it's five point one five and the New Zealand dollar um, is very flat this week pretty much the same as last week buying one dollar uh, and five cents. So, would the earthquake in New Zealand have any effect on the exchange rate? Um, probably not. Not hard really. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, no doubt. I mean, they're having them there in Christchurch a lot. So, you know, mm. it's 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 something probably they're not too unfamiliar with there, unfortunately. Mm. Yes. Um, so the um, the euro um, at point six nine nine four again flat on last week, and the Canadian dollar um, is almost a parity. So one point zero zero five. So we're on to world indices. So the right, um, the, the markets, markets around yes, the world, very much so. So um, so again, the um, the Australian market is actually up three percent from from last week, and um, so we saw that take a bit of a dive and then and then recover. So um, you know, on on the day that um, so last Wednesday that we saw the market drop by almost four percent during the day. I mean, it recovered in that day to only down I think something around two percent. But um, yeah, but then you know it's, it's it has recovered over the. The, the rest of the week, so we're actually up on what we were last week. Okay. So.
Mm. Um, and then in the US market, um, it's up um, 1.5% on last week. But interestingly, it's actually up 4% over the past month. So again, you know, after that bit of scare from, from, from the election, um, it's actually the market's quite stable for now. But mm. uh, whether that maintains is yet to be seen. And the rest of the world? Yeah, so um, just quickly in Asia, um, so in uh, Japan, um, in Tokyo, the um, the market's up 10%, but it was down last week and really just made re- rebounded from, from what it had dropped. So across you know the last month, it's been quite quite level. Um, and then in China, the market, again, quite stable on last week, um, at 22,280. Right. So then, Oil and, and oil. fuel. Um, mm. So the oil is actually up 5%, 62.07. And then fuel prices um, from the NRMA. Um, so interestingly, the unleaded price is actually down, um, and most significantly in Sydney, by almost 10%. So, but on the Central Coast, it's uh, $1.27, which is down 2% on last week. Newcastle, $1.25, down almost 25 And in Sydney, as I said, almost, uh, so it's down 9.1% at $1.13. So at the Bowser, hmm. Yeah, that's right. So obviously not holidays. (laughs) That would be a cynical (laughs) remark, I'm sure. (laughs) That's right. So Henry, we've been uh, having a bit of a chat already today about um, Trump and the markets. And uh, so your uh, your thoughts on what might be ahead of us? (laughs) um, I think it's going to be a very unpredictable ride. Um, Certainly uh, most of the experts, and myself included, um, were kind of wrong, I guess, on the reaction to the market um, to uh, to the Trump victory. I did think that he would win, um, having said that, but um, a lot of people, myself included, thought that the markets wouldn't actually take that well, but mm. they have done. Um, there's a lot of speculation that this is the dawn of a new era of inflation with the U.S. that's now going to spend um, money to rebuild infrastructure that they so badly require, apparently. So we're, uh, we're looking at uh, the borrow and build kind of Donald Trump. Mm. Um, and the markets have taken this as a positive. Uh, banking shares in the U.S. have done pretty well. There's a, uh, a thought there's going to be some relaxation of some of the, the ra- uh, rules and regulations around banks. So, um, yeah, it's, it's so far, it's, um, it's, it's very early days, having said that, because we, unlike our system here where we know who's going to be the treasurer and we know who's going to be the, you know, the minister of defense, et cetera, et cetera, in, in the U.S., um, that's all kind of up in the air till he names his administration, which um, is, the kind of, is another wild card to add to it. So mm-hmm. we'll see whether we're going to get President Trump or whether we're going to get candidate Trump. Yeah, that's right. And, and do you think that we'll just see the quite constant volatility in the market over the... Um, I think, well, at the moment, certainly, we initially had some some massive volatility, Mm. big swings last week, but things seem to settle down a bit this week. Um, What we're seeing now is uh, more sectoral volatility and Mm. more sector rotation. I think Mm. the institutions and the fund managers are reluctant to commit more money, but they are still looking for performance. So they're they're kind of cycling the money around the market. And at the moment, we're seeing the re-emergence of um, this sort of inflation, interest Mm. rates pushing higher. Mm. That's having a big detrimental effect on some of those bond proxy names, as they're kind of called, I guess, things like Transurban, Sydney Airport and Telstra and those sorts of things, and the utilities. Um, um, But but, um, that sort of eased off a little bit last night, and we're seeing a reversal of that trend back in towards those kind of stocks, Mm. the the real estate investment trust, the the telcos, the utilities, and, and some of the health stocks. 
um, and the bank suffering and, and materials suffering. So it's kind of just rotating through the sectors at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned before about inflation. Um, I think I, I read today that you know, for the first time in two years, there's talk of uh, interest rates going up. Well, interest rates have gone up. Oh. Um, you know, whatever the, the RBA. central banks, whatever the central banks believe and do, um, is kind of irrelevant to the to the guy in the street because ultimately, um, mortgage rates and deposit rates are, are determined uh, in the modern era by um, bond yields and um, and treasury and. Australian government bonds and, and futures mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen our interest rates go up um, in real time, and we've seen US rates go up in real time. So, um, the Fed is kind of behind the curve, yep. um, and a lot of the um, the talk of uh, the RBA cutting rates in Australia has uh, obviously receded because you know we have a pretty strong economy, mm-hmm. um, and we are you know we're, we're probably not going to see any more rate cuts. If anything, uh, I think there were 10 mortgage uh, providers, only small ones, yep. this week that actually raised rates by around sort of 40 basis points. So mm. um, the trend is up, um, mm. and um, it may be gradual, but um, it's certainly the thinking has, has sort of changed on a dime, if you like. And, and it's, um, you know, I think those days of negative interest rates and central banks running the show are probably long be- or probably behind us anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. Um We've seen a so yesterday a bit of a plunge in the um, in the metal prices and you know the the miners were hit yesterday um, and uh, so you know how do you see that playing out for the long term? You think that's just a short term? Um, well, I, you know I think um, everybody got absolutely so excited about the prospects for uh, commodities after the Trump victory and we saw iron ore go to nearly eighty dollars yep. um, and really the fundamentals. Um, although they're somewhat better than they were, um, there's still a supply issue with uh, with things like iron ore, coking coal. You know, has gone absolutely ballistic. Uh, we see, we've seen copper go from two ten a pound to two sixty a pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've seen some massive increases in these metal prices and uh, and commodity prices in the last you know, two three months. Yeah. Um, and it was inevitable that we saw this sort of unwinding. There has been. I would say a bit of a speculative frenzy going on in China yep. um, with some of these metals, and we even saw egg prices going through the roof in China. You know, so um, one, we've seen it before with the Chinese. Once once they kind of get the bit between their teeth on a on something, they can push it to completely irrational levels. Yep. Uh, we saw that with the stock market. That seems to be no longer the the game in town. Uh, the game in town seems to be um, iron ore futures, coking coal, and everything else. And people just jump on board and uh, trade away. And, and just keep yeah. pushing it higher and higher. So it was inevitable we'd see some falls, and we have done. So um, that's probably a healthy thing. Uh, the, the, the resource stocks needed to come back a bit to earth and uh, consolidate somewhat, which is what we're seeing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Very true. Thank you. So we're just going to take a quick break. Sure. Now, Henry, we'll be back and talk soon about probably some Woolworths and West Farmers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Henry, we um, Woolworths, we'll have a chat about some specific companies now, and one of, yep. Yep, one of our most well-known, obviously, and... Is, yeah. is there more bad news coming? Um, I think there's there's bad news coming for the um, the retail sector generally, and mm. and the bad news has a name. It's called Amazon, um, mm-hmm. and they're they're gearing up next year for um, from probably some significant inroads into Australian retailing. Full stop. But mm-hmm. Woolworths had some news yesterday with uh, with Big W, uh, which has been 
their problem child for a long time and news that Sally McDonald, who was the uh, the CEO of Oriton uh, before she got the gig at Big W to run and turn the joint around, um, had decided to leave. Uh, apparently the three to five year turnaround timeline was too long for her, which you would have imagined back in February when she took the job, maybe somebody should have asked her what sort of her uh, time horizon was likely to be. So mm. it obviously looks like uh, Big W is going to be a thorn in Wilbur's side for some time to come. Yep. Um, there are stories that maybe they will sell it. Um, I'm not sure who would buy it, mm. but um, at the moment, you know, they have got problems. They have sort of cut out the, the master's problem, yep. but um, the Big W remains uh, an issue for them. And uh, I think at two CEOs in two years. Yes, yes. I think um, reading today, it was it's a uh, mismanagement of management is the way it was described. I thought it was quite... Um, yeah, Woolworths has a kind of a, a bit of a, a history in this as well. You know, they, have, they spectacularly uh, um, had Grant O'Brien in charge for, for some years, um, and he then decided to leave, but he was um, leaving in sort of six to nine months' time, which, which kind of put the, um, the lame duck... Mm-hmm. Um, really much in focus and I think they kind of lost their way with the CEO leaving and they couldn't find a new one to replace him. Yeah. It was all a bit, uh, all a bit complicated. They're not the, not the greatest, I don't think, uh, on, uh, on the management planning. Yeah. I think it's probably worthwhile mentioning. I mean, even though, um, it, it's not good and it will be difficult for either Big W to turn around or even sell it, but it, it's, it's only a very small part of, you know, the Woolworths parent company, isn't it? Well, it is only a small part, but I'm, now, we've seen this before with companies, they get distracted. Mm. Uh, management gets distracted. They try and fix up the, the small problem and they kind of lose sight of the big problem, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, of course, is uh, competition from Coles, yep. competition from Aldi. Um, potentially, we have other um, sort of competitors coming to these shores. And as I say, Amazon yep. are coming next year and they're talking about groceries and, and uh, those sorts of, uh, sort mm-hmm. of delivery things. So, yep. um, yeah, it, it's a tough game for these guys, very yeah. tough game. Yep, yep. Now, uh, West Farmers, which is obviously owns Coles, but um, at the moment they're um, accelerating their plans to um, <laughs> divest of their, their coal business. Yeah, this is weird. I mean, I, about a month or so ago I was on uh, Sky TV, which I do every week, and Richard Goyder from West Farmers was on, and we, mm-hmm. we asked him, you know, well, why is the supermarket business, which is primarily what West Farmers is, um, owning coal mines? And he said, well, you know, it's really good for diversity. You know, <laughs> we, We're attached to this business. It's been around for a long time. We really like this business, and it smooths out our earnings. And here we are a month or so later, and coking coal has rallied dramatically, mm-hmm. and he can't wait to get rid of the thing. Yep. So I guess there's a price for everything, whether they get the right price that they they want. Um, yep. The market's talking $2 billion, but bear in mind there are, there are quite a few coal assets on the market at the moment. I think Anglo's got some assets up for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peabody's sort of hanging on for dear life. Uh, they're in uh, Chapter 11, so they've got some coal assets potentially up for sale, yep. and Rio's as well. So um, they're not alone, and as I wrote this morning in the newsletter, you know, where's Nathan Tinkler when yep. you need him? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so just staying on coal price for a minute. There's a report out suggesting that um, that peak demand has already uh, has already passed, um, and that you know in Asia there's potentially a um, a shift or a stronger shift than expected towards renewables, etc. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I think that was always the argument. Um, there is this strong shift towards renewables, but at the end of the day, I think. You know, coal is going to make up um, a big percentage of energy 
um, usage, especially in Asia, going forward for some time to come. Yeah. China's been closing down some of their uh, uneconomic coal uh, mines, and also mm-hmm. uh, they've been trying to uh, uh, clear the air a little bit, so they've been taking um, some of the production out as well in, uh, in ones that even are profitable, and that sort of crimp supply. Um, so we have seen that price spike dramatically, and of course, now we've got... Uh, uh, Mr. Trump in the White House, and he's committed to fossil fuels over renewables, and and believes that climate change is a Chinese um, Chinese made up sort of thing that uh, they're behind climate change. I'm, I'm not quite sure how one country can affect climate change, um, <laughs> but uh, he thinks it's all a bit of a hoax. Yes, and then just our, our last one is Telstra. Um, the the share price is down to a, almost a two year low. Um, it is, and it has bounced today. Telstra are actually having um, an investor day today. Mm-hmm. Um, they've announced some more plans to cut more costs, yep. uh, and they've unveiled um, plans for their 5G mobile network. Um, I guess the, the problem that Telstra has um, is the, the kind of the lack of growth, and it's been mm-hmm. well sort of trumpeted around the market that it's you know that they are kind of a, a, a big behemoth of a company in, in somewhat of a decline as the competition snaps at their heels. Mm. Um, they've always sold themselves on the fact that they've got the best network. 5G, I guess, would be uh, a significant uh, upgrade um, in terms of speed and, and mm-hmm. access for people. So mm. that is a plus point. But um, you know they have got competition nipping at their heels. Yeah. NBN kind of levels the playing field for households mm-hmm. in terms of broadband. So really the only place they can compete is uh, is mobiles, hence the 5G thing. Yep. The beauty of Telstra for those people, and there's lots of people that have it, and we hold it in our portfolios, is that it has got a fantastic yield. It pays mm. 31 cents fully frank, which equates to around 6.5%, well, 6.7% in terms of the yield, yep. which is pretty good even in terms of a rising interest rate environment. Yep. You know, you're only talking about quarter to half a percent here and there. Yep. Um, 6.5, 6.7% yield fully franked is pretty attractive although as you say it is a two-year low and it has been Mm -hmm. doing badly but today's um investor day has lifted it back up 12 cents we're up Mm -hmm. to 484 but it's um it's not been a a, a nice smooth ride for telstra unfortunately no all right henry well thank you very much for your time as always always a pleasure brett brett i think we're talking about um when we're getting a new job. Yeah, that's right. Probably, and, probably not so much um, paid correctly. Just making sure that uh, the administration at, at the beginning is, is done right and, and the effects that um, it can have on you personally, I suppose, in your future if, um, if, if it's not done right. And um, there's, there's a couple of things you should always make sure you're given when, uh, when you start a, a new job. And um, so one of those things is obviously a tax file number declaration, um, which you, you and your employer both fill in. And that's... Um, Got some important information on, on there, which um, you know determines uh, you know um, your tax-free threshold and whether you're, you're opting to use the, that under this employer and things like um, whether you have a help debt um, or not. And um, so that's that's the first thing that's important to make sure that you're given. Um, and uh, secondly, is a superannuation choice form. Um, so basically, um, what that is is uh, your employer will give that to you, so you can elect to use uh, the superannuation fund of your choice for your superannuation contributions. So if you don't choose your own superannuation fund, what happens? So what happens, so each employer is required to have a, a default fund. Um, in the event that you, you know, don't elect to use your fund, the employer will uh, set you up an account and contribute your, your um, superannuation to that. 
So um, we just go back quickly one step. Is it important to make sure that you know when you do take on that job that you know that employer is actually um, you know doing the things doing those things correctly? Because uh, you know if if they're not, for example, if they were to, to be paying you cash and and not um, you know not paying you on the books is is a term commonly used, then potentially you know you're not getting those benefits of superannuation contributions. Um, the tax being uh, withheld and, and paid to the tax office on your behalf and and things other things you know that can be affected uh, you know workers compensation if if you were um you know had an accident at work so if you're not being paid on, on the books so to speak then you, you don't get those other other benefits so um yeah but so going on to i guess the the super choice is what we were getting to and um you know that that's important because if if you don't uh then you know in each employer that you work for contributes to their default fund you'll end up with multiple different different funds and so. that's a problem just keeping track of it track all, of it. I mean it? that's right I mean if you if you move if you move home then you need to make sure you notify all those different funds that you've you know changed address and, that, and that's where you know that we have had a problem in the past with you know a lot of people having lost superannuation and um, you know that over over time um, you know between starting out work potentially as a 18 20 year old you know to the time it comes to retirement those you know those early contributions um, you know what might have only been a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars initially equates to a lot, um, you know, at retirement. So it's important that they don't get lost. Yes, it is. So. Yeah, there is a way of searching for lost superannuation, yep. but it's much better if you don't have to do that. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. So um, are there penalties yeah. or problems if you're not paid uh, or if you're not actually on the books? Well, yeah, um, that's right. I mean... So if um, so, there's a couple of different areas. I mean, so obviously there's there's problems for the employer, and there's also problems for the for the employee as well. So obviously the the employer, if they're not meeting their obligations, then um, you know if they were to be um, reviewed or audited by by um, one of the regulars. So the ATO is an example. If you weren't um, paying, uh, withholding the tax and paying superannuation contributions, then um, you know they, they can force you to, um, to to pay those and. You know, so you're not only going back and paying those contributions that you should have as an employer, you'd also required to. Um, there's some penalties. There's um, so some effect um, return that that should have been paid on those. So it, it adds up to a lot more than than what those original contributions should have been, um, along with penalties, etc. And so penalties both for the employer and for the employee. Oh, well, the employee is yeah. missing out on 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 yeah. on what you know is their entitlements, their their future savings. I suppose is um, mm. is what the employee is missing out on. But yeah. Mm. Um, so we talked a little bit about um, uh, choosing your own super fund. What happens if you don't go to all of that uh, trouble and make sure that you've got your super fund? Yep. And you end up with yeah. the employer's choice. That's right. So, so what happens is, as we've mentioned, um, so you get the the choice form. If you don't fill that in, then it ends up going to a to a, to the default fund of the um, the employee's de- chosen default fund. Um, so, what can happen is if you move uh, jobs, then um, and you don't do that, uh, you're going to end up with multiple superannuation funds. So, um, as we mentioned before, that that's troublesome because you then you know potentially will lose track of of those, um, and then potentially you know. There are some fixed fees generally, so you might be paying more fees within them than than than's necessary oh, because you've got multiple fees in yep. the fund in each fund. Yeah, mm. so you know it, it may be more expensive um, potentially having you know the multiple funds. So you know, generally, it's it's to consolidate them into one fund is is the best idea. Um, so if you do have multiple funds, uh, you know obviously you need to choose one of those funds, and it's important to uh, you know I guess most people tend to look at the fund that has the highest balance and then roll the others in into that. But that generally or possibly may not be the best solution. It's important to have a look at each of the different funds and then 
choose which fund is is the best one, and then consolidate the the multiple funds into that. And you know, so a couple of things that's important to look at is, uh, for example, uh, insurance. So you know some. Um, you need to look at each each uh, fund and have a look at what insurance policy you, you have um, in that, and and just have a quick look and see which is the best um, fund that has the best policy. So As they do differ. They do differ mm. definitely, and, and you know and your level of cover might be might be different um, depending on when the funds were open. Uh, will determine when those policies were started. So uh, you know you might need to you might be covered under one, which you're not under another. So um, so it's important that that's one aspect that it's important to, to look at. Um, other things are investment choices within those funds. You know, looking at, you know, there's um, every fund is, is different and um, having a look at within each fund, which ones have performed well, having a look at, you know, the different options that you might want to choose. And, um, you know, and that's another thing to take into consideration um, when, when looking at those funds. And, um, you know, and then, and then also the, the, the other things in the future, you know, in terms of, um, you know, when you, depending on your age, but when you also do um, eventually retire, what options they have in terms of accessing that and, you know, their pension benefits and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it, it is it is important to, um, yes, consolidate, but before doing so, taking a minute to, to work out which is the best one to consolidate into. So there's lots to think about when you start a new job. Thank mm-hmm. you, Brett Hall. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.